the way I would like to reframe thinking of a CEO, at least for me, successful, constructive, effective CEO, which is not really about the title as much as about what you achieve. But I think of it as like a conductor for an orchestra. Are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and level up your business from awesome CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Monique Maley of Articulate Persuasion. Monique, it's awesome to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Super excited to have you on. And before I jumped in, I want to read a little bit more about Monique so you can hear about all the awesome things that she's doing. And Monique is an experienced, sought-after consultant, coach, and speaker who works in leadership, helping professionals scale their companies and careers through the turmoil of rapid growth. Her experience as a, as a successful entrepreneur, investor, and advisor informed the development of her dynamic programs, command a room, and rapid growth leadership, as well as the investor pitch formula course for startup founders. In her role as vice chair and founding board member of Div Inc., a startup accelerator and community focused on supporting and under, supporting underrepresented founders, Monique act actively works to support an ecosystem where women can scale their businesses and themselves as leaders. Bilingual and bicultural, Monique is a fluent Spanish speaker and currently lives in Washington, D.C. with her teenage son. Monique, are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? I am indeed. I'm excited. Awesome. I'm excited as well, too. You're doing so many phenomenal things. So I wanted to kick everything off by rewinding the clock a little bit, hear a little bit more on how you got started. Could you take us through your CEO story and we'll let you get started with the business? Yeah, actually, you know, I've been, um, when I was growing up, the term entrepreneur wasn't thrown around as often as it is now. Uh, but I realized now that I was an entrepreneur from a very young age. And whenever I saw a problem, I, I went out and did something, whether it was, you know, considered it a business or not to go fix it. So really the company I have today was started really as a side hustle um, when I was a working professional actor. And I started a business working in those days with attorneys uh, and really focusing on areas around communication and influence and persuasion for uh, those who were going to go to court and when I restarted this business many, many years later, what I found was that uh, nobody goes to court. Everything settles out of court now. So uh, the direction of the company was different. But in the intervening years, I started a couple of different businesses, each getting bigger, both in terms of scope, in terms of the size of the teams and the challenges that were presented. So when I started Articulate Persuasion, I was very, very intentional about making sure that I was creating a business that I really got to spend the majority of my time on the things that I really not only love doing, but think I add the greatest value to my clients and customers. Because my last company it was very big. There was a lot of employees. There was a lot of revenue. But I kind of, after eight years, realized I hated my job, which sucks. Like, a job I created for myself and I hated it. And who wants who wants to do that? And sometimes it just happens. Uh, I do think there's a difference between the, the joys and excitements about early stage or companies, which is what I love. And then the day-to-day -day that happens when you're the CEO of a bigger company. And I realize that my real love is starting things, staying small and getting to spend more time one-on-one -on -one with customers, clients. That's what I love to do. And it's what I do best. And that's what I get to do with my business now. 
Nice. I absolutely appreciate that. And, you know, I, I love, you know, so many times we, we think success, uh, you know, means one thing, but I think when you're able to kind of look within and get that answer and make those pivots or changes into what it is, you know, that the, the company ends up being, whether that ends up being a big, huge business or whether that is a small, more nimble uh, startup type business as well, too. I think we have, you know, basically at our forefront, the opportunity to make those decisions. So I commend you for doing that. It gives us a reminder that we can do that as well, too. And we all have different skill sets, right? There are people who are just who really grow better in certain types of organizations, certain sizes. You just wanna find a place where you are constantly rowing with the current and not against it. Not because you can't, and not because you can't be successful in that, and I have been very successful uh, by all sort of the metrics, uh, except for the main metric, which is that I hated my job. And that was just, mm. like I've hated jobs that other people have given me, but I would be damned if I was going to hate a job that I made for myself. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes so much sense. And, and in true entrepreneurial form, you, you saw that problem, so you decided to, to create it, Fix that uh, to, to solve there. that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, so um, I, I know you touched on it a little bit. I wanted to drill down a little bit more into how you're working with your clients and how you're serving them. Can you tell us a little bit more on what you're doing with Articulate Persuasion? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I just celebrated 10 years. And um, right. as with any organization, it has really evolved um, over that time. And while I started, when I started, people really saw my value in more presentational. My background, as I had mentioned previously, um, was as a professional actor. I worked in the industry for 15 years. So people thought that public speaking presentations, and that was low hanging fruit for me. That was actually really just a Trojan horse to get inside organizations. And over time, uh, both I and my clients realized that the real value is the deeper work for, um, for leaders to really level up in ways that they hadn't thought of before, realize where they were getting in their own way or in the way of their organizational growth, um, and help them really identify ways to grow in ways they hadn't considered. We don't often think about communication as, as a skill we need to develop other than you know being a great presenter. That's what we think about. But my work is really much more holistic. It is verbal and nonverbal. It is what we say. It is what we don't say. And uh, it is really a new way of framing communication. Every conversation you have uh, throughout the day requires effective communication. And if you think about how many conversations you have in a day, I don't care if it's an employee, if it's a client, if it's a board member, um, it's just, it pervades your day. So if you're not doing those effectively, which is really the foundation, then everything else kind of starts to topple off from there. So there's a million ways in which you can really develop a leader and by extension, the organization by really working in that area. So that's what I do. It's a, I'm a consultant and coach and I, I go in and serve organizations to really both for the individual and the culture of the organization really level up in that area. Nice. I absolutely, you know, love, you know, that phrase, especially level up. And I, I love how you talked about that communication piece, because I think so many times we don't see it as a skill, as you said so well, that you can develop. And not only is it developed for speaking, you know, in front of a large room of people, uh, but it's also for having, you know, communications with your team members or your potential clients, or even your maybe clients as well, too, and everything in between and all around. And I think if you're able to, um, understand that and you're able to level up your communication skills, it can have a tremendous impact in so many different aspects of your business, and especially as, as leaders. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because a lot of people don't think of those things as communication, really, as needing great communication skills. They don't think you need great communication skills to make sure 
that your job descriptions are going to truly attract the kind of individuals that you need for your organization. They don't think the communication skills are really fundamental to how you articulate the culture of your business. They don't think of it as the storytelling that has to happen in a staff meeting or in a sales pitch. So it's all part of that same sort of foundational skill set, which can just make so many other things go so much smoother. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I almost believe that there's people that have some really, you know, phenomenal or, or creative ideas and inventions and things. And a lot of times they're not able to communicate them, um, the effect that they can have, um, the impact that they can have as well, too. And sometimes that's to the detriment. It's probably it might even be more important than actually creating that widget or whatever the thing might be. Oh, my God, that is so heartbreaking. I, I mentor a lot of um, startups through uh, accelerators like Techstars, mm -hmm. and there is nothing worse than somebody who has uh, a great idea, but just can't articulate it effectively to investors or to potential customers. And it's also heartbreaking, actually, for me to see people get investment just because they're great at articulating and there's actually no there there. That breaks my heart. That's yeah. awesome funding that can go to somebody who's going to build something that lasts. But, you know, some people have the skill and we know those those types as so they can sell anything. You know, what is it? Ice to an Eskimo, yeah. right? Well, that's a communication skill, but I'd rather that money go to people who are actually making something substantive and that's sustainable. Yeah, that's why I absolutely love what you do. I used to ask my water to a whale. So uh, why not be able to create something and also be able to, to, to communicate and then sell it as well, too? That's a, a perfect win-win. So I love um, yeah. that you do that. And so would you consider that to be what I call your secret sauce, the thing you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique? Is it that ability to not just do it yourself, but also to empower and help people do that in so many different ways in their businesses and organizations? Yeah, I think that it that it is. I mean, I, I one of the four founding values of my own company really drive my business is uh, create ripples. And the reason why I've chosen to work um, sort of more one-on-one -on -one with individuals or small leadership teams rather than doing large group work is because I would rather give the leaders the tools and have them go out and then share those tools with their teams. I think sometimes uh, organizations bring people in for the mid-level managers or even the, the you know, entry levels and they train them but the leaders don't have the skills. And this is about the leaders sharing the tools, the leaders exemplifying the tools, and then having those ripples sort of radiate out. And then it becomes a part of the culture of an organization and not just one person's way of doing things. So for me, it really is fundamental to bring tools and strategies. I believe in being really tactical. I like reframing things, using metaphors. So it's sometimes easier to approach a situation if we think of it in a very different context. So I love to do that sort of thing. And then finally, I think what makes me different from a lot of people who do work similar to, to what I do is um, some people come from corporate, which has one perspective, which is valuable. Some people actually come from journalism or media, which is a different perspective. Uh, I really marry two things which seem diametrically opposite, but I think are incredibly valuable, which is the fact that I have started and scaled businesses myself. So I understand the challenges of an entrepreneurial leader, but also my actor's toolkit. It is shocking how many things about um, the, either the training, the professional training of being a actor or the work of being an actor in the business of being an actor has really served me and by extension my clients 
I wanted to switch gears a little bit okay. and I want to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? It's a tool that I find I share with a lot of clients. Um, I segment my week and I not only segment it, I color code it. So let me kind of share what I mean by that. So for me, Mondays are my admin days. I have come to realize that I am one of those people, and there are very few people that I've found that are actually very good at this. I'm not great at switching hats multiple times throughout a day. I like to be able to focus in on one thing and then switch a hat and spend a good amount of time working on another. I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So this could be a word of wisdom or a piece of advice. It might be something you would tell a client or if you happen into a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. I think it's one of the biggest challenges that we have um, in organizations. And in some ways, it is the easiest fix to the biggest problem. So I call it avoiding avoidance. Uh, and by that, I mean, we tend to avoid as we were just talking about, right? The stuff we don't want to do. Mm -hmm. We, but more importantly, we avoid the conversations or the individuals that we, that either make us uncomfortable, that we're, that we think maybe a conversation we think isn't going to go well, or we think it's going to be hard, or maybe a board member that we think just is never going to buy in. And what happens when we avoid this is that a hundred percent of the time we make whatever situation worse. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I wanted to ask you now my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Monique, what does being a CEO mean to you? So what does mean? So I thought about this one too. And um, as I mentioned before, I really like using sort of metaphors or reframing things. And the, the way I would like to reframe thinking of a CEO, at least for me, successful constructive, effective CEO, which is not really about the title as much as about what you achieve. But I think of it as like a conductor for an orchestra. They have to know every part uh, that is going to be played. They have to understand every instrument and how it works best. They have to work with every musician to get the very best out of them. Appreciate that. And, and what I want to do now is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best people can get a hold of you and find out about your book and all the awesome things that you're working on. Yeah, I, I guess um, the only thing I, I leave you with is sort of my own mantra uh, about all of this. And anybody who works as a consultant or coach will have some version of this. And I think that especially as leaders, we have to keep iterating along with our businesses, whether it's you know, due to outside forces like you know market changes, I don't know, a global pandemic or whatever, or just the realities of a growing business or a growing career, we have to keep iterating. So the thing that I keep holding on to is that if you want things to be different, you have to do things differently. And I think if we keep that in mind, A, it doesn't seem, change doesn't seem so overwhelming. And the occasional plateaus that you can find either in a business or in a career, um, kind of go by the wayside, being open to, to different, not for the sake of different, but you just have to keep working on it. There's never a point where we stop learning. There's never a point where as individuals or as leaders, we stop growing. And for me personally, that's the most exciting thing about being an entrepreneur and the most exciting thing about the work that I do and helping people get there. So that's what I leave you with. Nice. I definitely appreciate that. And for people that want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to do that? So you can find me on LinkedIn, Monique Maley, or you can uh, 
go to my website at uh, www.articulatepersuasion.com and you can reach out to me that way. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We'll definitely have the links and information in the show notes as well, too. And I, I love that last reminder as well, too, because uh, often we forget the only constant is change. And if we accept that and we take that on, um, you know, not uh, put that on the back burner, as we talked about before, that allows us the opportunity to start to create those solutions to see the world as we want to see it. But that definitely starts and begins with who we are and what we do and how we lead. So that's truly, it. Yeah, I truly appreciate you, Monique, for doing that and reminding Thank us you. of that. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Don't forget to schedule your complimentary digital marketing consultation at blue16media.com. This has been the I Am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.